Good morning and evening and or afternoon. Welcome to the Monday Hustle, everybody. My name is Malcolm, and today is going to be a, uh, an extremely special day for me and all you listeners out there. Um, so I'm extremely, extremely happy to have the opportunity to have this person here with me. Um, and uh, we're going to get the opportunity to, to know who she is and, and where she came from and essentially just kind of how she, she went about building her brand. Um, for, for those of you just listening or tuning in, my name is Malcolm. Again, I am your host. Um, this podcast is specifically all about evolution, growth, and mindset. And basically... What I want to see in the future is each and every person accepting who they are, what they are, and chasing the passion or whatever it is that they enjoy doing and whatever they consider to be a hustle. Because I think everybody kind of has this idea, this notion that um, financial wealth is the only way to be happy. And so whatever you find to be happy for you, um, that's what we're here to support uh, and create and just kind kind of create that space in that community. Uh, for those people that, that you know, want to be heard. Um, so that's what I think is super powerful. So thank you for returning. Or thank you for first listening in. And then thank you guys for that. Continue to come every week and listen to me rant. Um, with that being said, um, I have the owner, founder, and the CEO of uh, Pepina Sugar Co. Did I, say, did I say that right? Did Pepina I get it? Sugar Pepina Company. Sugar Company. Yeah. Um, so... Without further ado, this is Lena. Um, so, welcome, Lena. Thank you for having me, Malcolm. Always. Thank you. I'm excited. Excited to tell you about my life. It's good. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> what do you want to know? Ask me all the questions. I think one of the most important things that I, and like, I, you know, moving forward, want to do is like, just ask the person who Lena is. You know, essentially, I think that's um, that's always a good introduction. You know, like who are you? Um, not the like the cliche, like you know, I'm some homegrown blah blah. But like who? Yeah, you know, but like who? Who do you see you as, and what is it that you're shaping or building? Um, and if it essentially has been something that you have always wanted to manifest into what you're doing now, or if it's just kind of something that you just stumbled upon, like your personality and, and your character and, and who Lena is? So I want to say, so I grew up in Arkansas with my parents um, in a very, very small town. It's about like 20,000 people, which is probably bigger to most people. Um, but my parents basically, so they owned a nail salon in Russell, Arkansas. They were the only nail salon there. So what we had to do is my mom had five kids. When we turned nine, turned 10, 11, she had us in the shop working. No matter, I mean, this is probably going to sound bad. It's like free child labor, you know? Yeah. Like, you're Asian, your parents are in a salon, they're going to make you work. They worked their butts off when they were younger, so here they are going to make you work your butts off. So, like, with that, I always resented my parents because I was like, why, why do I have to work hard? Like, you guys make really good money. Like, I was very spoiled. I was a spoiled brat. I had that mentality where I wasn't going to have to work the rest of my life. Like, my parents were always going to take care of me. But it got to that point where 
<clears throat> when you grow up and your parents see you and they see the things that you're doing and they they don't like it, they're like, get your shit together or get out. And I kind of just went with the flow. I snuck boys into the house, into like this strict household. And my dad and my mom were like, no, like this is not happening. So I ended up running away from home in high school okay. with this guy. And I ended up going to juvie. And I was like, you know, this isn't going to change me. Like, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Like, my parents can't stop me. Like, I'm going to be 18 soon. Like, there's there's nothing they can do. And I remember it was the week before I had left home. And my mom was like, when you go out into the real world, no one's going to want you. No one's going to... Um, support you no one's gonna take you in as their own no one's gonna love you like how we love you and like at that point I was like fuck you like fuck you like all you do is degrade me like you make me work so hard at the salon like you're making me do nails like I'm never gonna do nails in my life right well I left home moved in literally a mile behind my parents house this was when you were 18? Yeah, okay. I turned 18, and I had graduated high school already. So I moved into the apartments behind my parents with one of my friends, Nick Hendricks. He he actually looks like you, which is, like, terrifying to me, and I think that's <laughs> why I kind of gravitate towards you, because you remind me of him. And my parents didn't know. That you moved or that, that you moved, were with him? That I moved right behind their house. Got he it. was, like, my best friend, so there was, like, no strings attached. Um... We didn't, like, do anything, like, nothing romantic. We were just friends. And I lived behind their house for probably about, like, six months. And then I got a text from my cousin in Florida, and she was like, come down and see me. Like, come down for vacation. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't have a job in Restville. I was like, my parents don't want me in their house anymore because I ran away from their house. I don't have my car because my parents took it. And so I was like, okay, let's go. Like, but I don't have money for a plane ticket. And so my cousin was like, all right, well, I'm going to buy your plane ticket. Just come see me. So I flew down to Jupiter. She owns... Um, and this was this the first time you ever came to Florida? Yeah, this okay. was my first time flying by myself. Got you. And I was terrified because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to call my dad. My dad's going to show up in Florida. My dad's going to take me back home. Probably, like, yell at me, beat the shit out of me, like, do something. Yeah. And so I was like, do I really want to go? Like, do I really want to risk going and, like, getting in trouble? Because I was like, it's that Asian mentality. Like, when you're in a group, you're in that group forever. Mm -hmm. You're in that trust circle forever. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to go. I have nothing else here. Like, this guy that I'm with, he's a piece of shit. Like, there's nothing that's going to happen. My friend Nick, he's doing his own thing. He has a girlfriend. So I was like, I'm just going to go. So I ended up coming. And she has a line of nail salons called Tipsy Salon Bar. And I basically helped her grow the Fort Lauderdale location and the Wellington location and the Deerfield one, which is now, um, it's on Federal Highway, right by Southwest 10th Street. Mm -hmm. And they're doing really well. And it got to that point where I was helping so much, and I was doing nails, and I was like, but what do I want? Like, I'm not happy here. Like, I don't want to sit here and just do nails. Like, it's great money, but I want to do my own thing. And so I was like, telling my cousin, hey, like, 
I want to do something else. Like, this isn't for me. Like, you're putting me, like, as a manager, but, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to do something more. I want to own my own business. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? And I got to that point where she was letting me control every aspect of the salon. And she basically was like, I don't like what you're doing. You can't do it anymore. Your cousin. Mm -hmm. She put you in charge and then didn't like what you were doing. Okay. Was this, there's this, like time has passed or just yeah so this is probably about i want to say 2015 2016 Mm -hmm. and i was like making bank i was i was making very good money and i had a clientele built up and there was just that one day that came she had hired a new manager and she never told me never talked to me about it and she was like this is your new boss you're gonna listen to her well i was like i'm not gonna listen to her like I run shit here. Like, you're not just going to take that from me. Like, you put me in charge. Like, you never talked to me about this. Like, you didn't do, like, the... You have, like, I'm bringing in someone to replace you. You have so-and-so weeks or days to, like, teach her and, like, step down. Yeah. So, it was, like, I was blindsided by it. So, I was hurt. And I was, like, well, who is this girl? I was, like, I don't know who this girl is. So, I did my research. And... I basically stalked the shit out of her okay. and I pulled up her pass and I yeah. was like, oh, so she's a felon. <laughs> I'm like, my cousin hired a felon. She didn't do a background check. She hired a felon who does credit card fraud, writes hot checks, stole someone's identity, open like bank accounts, everything. You can find this all on Google. So it's not like I'm paying like a private investigator to do it. Yeah. And so I like bring all this information to my cousin and she's like, I don't care. And I'm like, all right, well, it was just a year ago that she was arrested for all this stuff. I was like, I think you should be concerned because your business is worth millions of dollars. Like, you're bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars a day with all these services. So she's like, I don't care. If you don't like it, you can go. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to bring it to your sister and your brothers because they're... I'm assuming they're part owners. Yeah, so they're basically, like, the people that oversee her, like, the financial branch of the whole thing. And they were like, all right, we'll, we'll talk to her. Weeks go by. No one talks to her. This lady's like, there's money missing from the register. And she blamed it on me because she wasn't working um, at the time. Like, she was, like, coming in, taking the um, cash deposits, saying she was going to the bank with them. So I was like, okay. So I signed off on it. This is how much was in the envelope. Never made it to the bank. So I'm like, great, great. Like, what, what's going to happen now? So they had called me in and they were like, hey, like, what happened to all this money? And I was like, I don't know. I signed off on it. It was supposed to go to the bank. Like, the new manager took it. Dawn took it. She took it to the bank. If she didn't make it to the bank, you know what? That's her prerogative. You need to talk to her about it. That's not on me anymore. Once it leaves my possession, it's all on her. Yeah. Well, they didn't believe me. <laughs> and they were like... Well, Dawn's done nothing but help us. And I was like, well, if that's what you think, I was like, then what's the use of me being here? I built up all your stores. I move around. I move to different apartments, different towns, meet new people, make new friends. And this is what I get. Like, I've helped you all these years. I've never backstabbed you. I've never taken anything from this family. I was like, the only thing I've done was live under your roof for a little bit until you kicked me out of it. And so my cousin was like, well, you're fired. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I was like, I'm leaving. I was like, I have the clientele list that I can go and run off and do my own thing, do a mobile thing where I could work at another salon. 
So it got to that point where I was dating a new person who is now my husband, Alex. And he was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go work at another salon? And I was like, well, I kind of signed a contract saying that I couldn't work in like the proximity of a tipsies, but by like five miles or something. And so he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to stay home. I was like, I want, I like, I want to go out and make the money that I was making because I, I would work every day. When I was stressed, I would work, but I would work harder. I would work from like, I would say eight o'clock until like 10 p.m. every day. I would help close. I would clean the place, like make sure everything was set. And he was like, well, you should start your own mobile business. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. I'm like, I don't trust people in Florida enough to go to their houses and do their nails and feel safe. And he was like, well, keep the ones that you want to keep and just like see how it goes. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. So I text all my clients and they were all down for it. Majority of them were pregnant at the time, so they loved the idea. They were like, yeah, come to me. Like, this is good. Like, my husband's going to love this. I'm not going to be around chemicals all day. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to see how this first week goes. Mm -hmm. And I ended up booking out my whole first week, and I did about seven to eight people a day. I drove from West Palm to Fort Lauderdale each day just to finish all these people. And I was like, wow, I'm making fucking bank. I was like, I'm keeping my profits. I was like, I know all these clients. Like, I know where they live. Like, I'm getting to know them more. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep trying it out and, like, see where it goes. So the more I was going to these clients, the more um, client clients they were sending to me. So I was like, all right, well, I can't take too many people. I was like, I'm a one-woman show. I was like, I can't drive, like, to all these places. And I wasn't charging a fee to, like, drive it. I was just yeah. charging, like, the service. And so it got to the point where my hands started hurting really bad, and I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm getting steroid shots in my hands from my carpal tunnel. And this is something that, that developed, or this is just... Yep. Okay. So it's just like the repetitive like hand movements and stuff. And so I was like, I need to figure out something. I was like, I can't... I was like, my hands are just going to go like bad. I was like, and I, I was like, my hands are the money maker. And so Alex is like... What do you want to do, Lena? And I could tell at this point, like, he was he was getting annoyed, but he was so supportive through the whole thing. Like, he would allow me to, like, stay home on weeks on end and be, like, lazy and, like, figure out what I wanted to do. Like, write out my, like, life plan, like, what I wanted to do with him. And so I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think I want to get a dog <laughs> and be a stay-at-home wife. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I like the thought of going to people's houses. I was like, but it's just that the repetitive movements the hands I was like it just hurts I was like but, but, but also at this point you were you were doing it for I mean you said you started when you were nine right mm -hmm. so so I did it for years so you were what 20 I'm 20 so at that point I was like about 21 22 okay yeah and so I'm like let's get a dog and I'm not I'm not the type to just go buy a dog, bring it home, and just love it. Like, I have to really think about it. So it took me about a year just to find the dog I wanted. At first, I wanted a cockapoo. Yeah. Then I wanted a golden retriever. Then I wanted a freaking Yorkie. And then, I don't know. I don't know how I went about seeing a Frenchie. But I remember seeing it, and I was like, if I'm going to spend that much on a dog, I was like, I want a really pretty color. 
and then I saw the blue, and I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm fucking getting a blue dog. It's my favorite color. My dog's going to be blue. So Alex is like, all right, well, where, where are you going to get this dog? Where Are you going to find the breeder? Like, what's going to happen? So I'm like, I dedicated. So I was working nails full time, mm-hmm. going to people's houses. My week was packed. I would come home, and I would sit there on the computer and just research, like, Blue French Bulldogs, um, health benefits, all the negative things about the health. Just like all these things, like all the breeders, looking at breeders. Miami to West Palm, I think at one point I was going to buy from a place in Tampa. Um, but they ended up backing out on me. And so I was like, I'm never going to find a dog. I was like, I'm never going to find a dog that I really like. And so I was in Arkansas. I went home to see my parents after about like two years of not seeing them. And so the whole the whole time you were doing the Tipsy Salon, you, that was a two year span that you were there. And then after you, so at this point, I'm assuming your parents, you stayed in Florida. Yeah. You came, so you came I down never to Florida went back. and you never told them, and then you came back. Mm-hmm. This would be the first time. Okay. Yep. So this is the first time I'm seeing them, and I'm engaged. Oh, yeah. They didn't I got engaged to Alex. We dated for about six months, and then he proposed to me. Mm-hmm. And he didn't ask for my dad's permission. Okay. Because my dad and I, my parents, we just didn't have that relationship. But he did call them the night that we got engaged and was like, I'm engaged to your daughter. I really want to meet you. So I think about two months later, I was like, my sister's graduating. Let's go home so you can meet my parents. I was like, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So we go home, they fucking love him, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, black sheep in the family, you're going to love my husband not really love me? So I'm glad that he has that relationship with my parents. But when we were there, I was telling my sisters, I was like, I'm getting a dog. He's going to be a blue French bulldog. And they're like, okay, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to get him yet. And so they're like, all right, well, you're not getting a dog yet if you don't know where you're going to get it from. And so I'm like literally researching as we as we're sitting there and I'm like, I found a fucking dog. So I messaged <laughs> them. I was like, um, I want this dog. I was like, I really like this dog. Um, how do you treat him? What's his lifestyle right now? And they were like, he's a really good dog. He's really chill. His name um, is Blue. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really care. I was like, I just want to know about the dog. They're like, the dog's really good. We have the parents. They're based in Miami. And I was like, all right. But I didn't see a business name. And, like, if I don't see a business name, I usually kind of get sketched out because I'm like, oh, there's so many scams around here. Yeah. And I see it. And it says Deluxe Puppies. And I, like, look them up. And it's a husband and wife. They make the cutest dogs. And I was like, what do you want as a deposit for this dog? I was like, I'm out of town right now. I can pick it up when I get back. And they were like, just send us $100. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is too good to be true. I was like, they want a $100 deposit for this dog? Like a thousand, like more than $1,000 for a dog? Mm-hmm. And they are like, yeah, send it to us. Like, we'll see you when you get back. And so I sent it to them. She kept in contact with me, the wife. Kept in contact with me the whole time. It's like a dog that loves me. So I'm like, all right, well, little does he know that this dog is going to love me more than him. So we get back to Florida after, like, this whole thing with my parents and, like, watching my sister graduate. And we pick up the dog, and his name's Theodore. I named him Theodore. He looks like a Theodore, acts like a Theodore. 
He's just, I don't know, he's just so freaking adorable. I could squeeze him. Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to go home right now and just love on him because he's so cute. He actually choked on a bone yesterday, and I gave him the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, nice. It, it was terrifying. So, we get back. I, I, I have him. I'm in love with him. And I was just like, Alex, I don't want to work. And Alex is like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be a stay-at-home dog mom. Okay. And he's like, not happening. And I'm like, well, can I take a couple weeks off or, like, cut my clientele list down so I can stay home and, like, train the dog? And so he's like, yeah, do what you have to do, but you're not going to stop working. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I ended up cutting my clientele list down by 50%. And so it gave me time to consolidate everyone into the beginning of the week so that at the end of the week I could train the dog and be at home with the dog and, like, cook dinner, like, do whatever. And I loved it. But I loved it too much. And I was like... The dog part or the... Just staying at home. Got it. But I was like, but I miss making money. I was like, I miss making a shit ton of money. And so I was like, what can I do to make money at home? I was like, I could work behind a computer. I was like, I could do marketing. No, that's fucking boring. So I was like, "Mm, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I remember I was sitting there watching the Food Channel. Mm-hmm. And I've always been into watching the Food Network shows. And I was like, I wonder how hard it would be to, like, have your own bakery. I could do it at home. It would be fun. Like, I would be at home with Theodore. So I was like, I'm going to try it. I was, like, looking at everything on Instagram. I was, like, watching these people flood cookies. I was like, that shit looks hard. I was like, but I could fucking do that. And so I was like, I'm going to order some cookies from someone and see, like, how they taste. So I remember ordering from this lady in Boca. I'm not going to say her name because I didn't like her cookies. <laughs> and she was charging me $60 for 12 cookies. Okay. And I had only asked her, I was like, I just want like the simple regular size with royal icing and like a cute design on the top. And she was like, well, it's $60 for 12 of them for one base color, no writing on it. And so I was like, well, how much is the writing on top of that? And she was like, it's an extra $15. And I was like hell no I'm like I'm gonna fucking make it by myself I was like how hard could it be well little did I know that all of this shit costs a ton of money the royal icing just to make that is meringue powder which is like it's egg whites okay powdered egg whites if you buy five pounds of it it's 85 bucks it's expensive yeah and so I was like oh my god I was like no I'm like I'm not gonna do it but I had already ordered everything I ordered the meringue powder, I ordered the cookie cutters, I ordered the scribes, the little plate thing that spins around. I ordered everything. And this I, is and this is the this is you trying to uh, replicate the cookie that you wanted, correct? Yeah. Okay. And so, so what, what 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 was like the initial? Do you remember the initial cost that it, that it cost you to like to start up? Yeah, it's just so like, the startup because this would be essentially the first step. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. I would say the initial startup was about, depending on how many cookie cutters you wanted, I I think I ordered about five cookie cutters, but it was like the metal ones from Ann Clark, and those were about $4 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say everything just to start off was about $100. Okay. Um, then it got higher and higher as I was like, okay, I want higher quality stuff. Yeah. But once I got all the stuff, and I was like, let me figure out how to make a cutout sugar cookie because I've made gingerbread cookies only and like they come out great. <laughs> Finding a recipe for sugar cookies 
to have it taste good and have a soft bite at the same time is hard because a lot of people have different palates. I have a sucky palate. I've never eaten a sugar cookie that I've made. Yeah. I don't know what my sugar cookies taste like. I depend on other people to tell me how it tastes because I'm like, oh, well, cookie's a cookie, you know? So my first batch that I made, they were supposed to be a little gingerbread men. It was a regular sugar cookie recipe. He was like the Michelin tire. He did not look like a gingerbread <laughs> man. He was so fat. He was like oversized. And then I made a cookie that was the shape of an A. It did not look like an A. It looked like a freaking circle cookie. It was terrible. It yeah. was terrible, but they tasted good. And so I'm like, I'm not doing this, Alex. I'm like, I quit. And this is like a week into doing this. And he's like, you're not going to quit. Like, you just spent all this money and you're just going to waste it. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I'm like, mm -mm. I was like, I will go do Nels. I'm perfectly great at doing it. I was like, I have the license for it. I was like, I'm no. I was like, I'm not doing cookies. I was like, there's nothing that you can say to me to make me do cookies. He's like, well, if you're going to quit, then quit. And so I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to quit then. And he's like, I can't believe you're going to quit. He's like, you just started and you're just going to quit. You're just going to give up that easily. And he's known for giving these like pep talks. And he really made me think about it. And I was like, you know what? If I quit now, I'm disappointing him. And so I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for three months tops. And if it doesn't work out, I'm not doing it. And so I started researching more. And I was reaching out to people who had been doing sugar cookies for a while. And I was like, um, I'm starting off. Can you give me some like pointers and like give me some advice about like what products I should really be using? Or you were like, speaking to someone. It, what did you say? I'm sorry. Other cookiers, so people who gotcha. have done cookies or and you reached and you reached out to them. Mm -hmm. Like you personally knew them, or this is just a you nope, reached so out to them. So I was like, um, there's a lady. Her name's Lisa. Um, she owns Borderland Bakeries in California, and she has I think eighty thousand followers. Okay. And people always told me that she was really nice and she was helpful. So I just sent her a personal message on Instagram and was like, hey, like I need some help. Like I'm starting out. I don't know what's wrong with my real icing. Can you tell me? And she was nice enough to, like, say, hey, like, you need to add more powdered sugar or you need to add more water. So, at that point, I'm like, okay. Um, I got my icing down. It took me about three months to get my icing down. Okay. It took me about four months to get my recipe down. But I wasn't happy with my recipe. because For the sugar cookie. Yep. Because okay. it smelled like Play-Doh to me. Okay. And I was like, mm-mm, no. Nah. And so, I was like... I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up yet. Because every time I, I would think about giving up, I would look at Alex because he would come home early and when I would be doing cookies and he would just stare at me and I would be like, okay, that's that death stare where it's like, if you quit, you're out, you know? Yeah. And I didn't want to disappoint him because when he gets disappointed, he like, he doesn't talk about it, but he, he just gives you that look that's like the look of disappointment. And it's like, mm -hmm. I can't believe you did that, you know? Like a little kid taking candy from the candy jar and the mom's like, oh, why did you do that? <laughs> so three months in, I got everything and I'm like, these are okay. I was like, I guess whatever. Like if I become a mom one day, I'll join the, the bake-off or whatever, bake-sell. Bake and this is when I get my first client. Three months in, 
And it was a friend of mine from um, Stewart, Florida. And she's like, hey, I'm having a baby. Can you make my baby shower cookies? And I'm like scared shitless because I'm like. Have you started this company at this point or are you just. No, you were just I was like, just doing it for fun. So I'm like, uh, you want me to make you cookies for your baby shower? I was like, have you seen my cookies? I was like, my hand shakes. I was like, the icing is everywhere. I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. She's like, well, I know I trust you and I know that you're going to do a good job. So at that point, she was like, it's in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, in two weeks, I have to learn how to pipe correctly, outline it correctly, and flood correctly, and have that consistency and the taste down for her. Because if I was going to charge her for it, I want it to be good. So I was like, I don't know how much to charge you because you're my very first customer. And she was like, well, name your price. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm like... Just pay me what you think they're worth. And she, so I think she ended up sending me about like $45. And I was like, okay, cool. And then from there, she was happy with them. Her baby shower came. She loved them. She thought they tasted great. She started um, telling everyone about my cookies. I got another client from her. And so at that point, I was like, I need a business name. Okay. I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to call myself if I'm going to do this. And if I'm going to do this, I need to do it correctly. And I was like, Alex, like, what do I do? And at this point, um, we were not married yet. We're still engaged. And he's like, call it, I want my last name to be in it. Yeah. And I was like, well, my last name's Wynn and your last name's Peppy. I was like, I don't, it doesn't really work like that. And he's like, well, you're going to be married to me soon. I want my name in it. And so I'm like, all right, well, think of a name for me because I'm not good with this stuff. And he's like, well, he's like, what about Peppy's Bake Shop? And I'm like, hell no. I'm like, no. And this is his last name or your last name? Uh, Alex's last name is Peppy. My, my maiden last name is Wynn. Okay. And so I was like, Peppy. People would call my kid Peepee <laughs> when I have kids. Like, no. I was seriously, you're going to make me name my business after Peepee. And so I'm like, what do you want me to call it? And so he thought about it for about a good three weeks, three to four weeks, I would say. And he is like, Pepina, call it Pepina. And I'm like, Pepina, you want me to call my business Pepina? Why do you want me to call my business Pepina? And he was like, it's Peppy. He's like, you take off the E at the end and then take uh, the L out of Lena. You mash it together, you get Pepina. And I'm like, you're so stupid. I'm like, I'm not naming my company that. I'm like, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't make sense. I was like, Pepina. He's like, Pepina Sugar Company. He's like, you could add all, like, you could add gourmet cookies to it. You could add cotton candy. You could add candy to it. He's like, anything you wanted. He's like, sugar is like a really big word for a lot of things. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with the flow. I, I'm not going to think about this. I was like, I'm not that invested. I was like, you're more invested than I am. I was like, I'm going to call it Pepina Sugar Company. And he's like, all right. And... At that point, I was getting, I think I had about five orders tops. And they were like, what's your company name? I was like, Pepina. <laughs> I like wasn't happy about it because I was like, I didn't come up with the name. I didn't like it. And they're like, oh, wow, like what? what's the story behind your name? And I was like, well, it's my going to be last name and my first name. I was like, my husband made it up. And they're like, oh, my God, that's genius. And I'm like, you think so? I was like, are you lying to me? And they're like, no, I think it's genius. It's really cute because most people would say it's, oh, Lena's cookies or Lena's bake shop or like Lena's gourmet cookies. Yeah. 
So I was like, okay, it's it's like a personal name. I was like, I guess I'll keep it. I was like, I'll figure out what to do with it. And so I'm like, all right, it's going to grow on me. It's going to grow on me. So then I kept getting orders. So this is about, I want to say six months in, we had just gotten married and we had went to Boston and I had set up my website finally. I didn't have a website. I was doing like all like text message, like text me if you want an order. So I had my website set up and I put the order form on there while I was on vacation. I was just getting Did orders. you pay someone to set up your website? No, I you? actually made it by myself okay. on Squarespace. Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I thought about paying someone, but I was like, if I can learn how to do cookies, I can learn how to make my own website. And did you find it to be like extremely user-friendly to like set up or like, okay, that's cool. Squarespace Squarespace is super, super easy. Um, It's very self-explanatory. They give you templates that you can play with. Um, And it's only about like $12 to $16 a month, uh, depending on what you want to add on to it. But I love it. And I can can literally go on and... um, change it at any time i have full access to it the website to your company is is it pepina pepina sugar company.com i don't think i ever actually went on it um so you went and you uh sugar co got it so you um went and you created your website so i created my website so Mm -hmm. while i'm on vacation i keep getting these email notifications that people are submitting forms and i'm like what are they submitting so I'm looking, I had 16 orders in my inbox. This is through the website? Yep, through okay. the website. So at this point, it's 2019, like early 2019, January. And I'm like, I've only started this for about a couple months. I was like, and I'm already at 16 orders. So I'm like, what is going on? And so Alex was like... I'm going to get so Alex is like wow I'm so excited for you and I'm like well where are all these people coming from like how are they hearing about me like I just started my social media page on Instagram and on Facebook I was like so I don't know how people are finding out about me he's like word of mouth and I'm like alright whatever so it's January and I want to say so I started July 25th so August September October November December January six months in okay and I had scrolled down to this email, and it was a form from a person from MGM Grant. And I was like, mm, that sounds fancy. I was like, it's a hotel. And Alex was like, Lena, it's a really big hotel in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I've never been to Las Vegas. I don't know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like not phased by it. I'm like, okay, well, it's another order. And he's like open the email and read it and see what it says and I'm like oh they want like 10 dozen cookies for this event they're having for poker night and he's like this is the one in Las Vegas yeah okay and he's like what are you gonna do and I'm like I don't know I was like I guess I'm just gonna do cookies like I do for everyone else and just go with the flow and he's like well he's like that's a lot of cookies he's like you've never done an order this big before and I was like, well, 10 dozen cookies. I was like, I think I'll be fine. I was like, you can help me, right? And he's like, uh, no. He's like, this is all you. And I'm like, well, if you want this to be all me, like, you're going to have to help me somehow. Like, I can't do this all by myself. Like, I just started, and it's a big-ass company. Like, I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to reply back to them and tell them, like, hey, like, I'm happy to take your order. And so... And at, at this point, you figured out 
pricing and how you so wanted to So I figured out, pri- yeah, okay. at this point I figured out pricing was like six months in. So this was month seven of my business and I had gotten this order. So I had only done a handful of orders. So I wasn't perfect yet. Yeah. At that point to me, I wasn't perfect to him. I was still growing, so I wasn't perfect to him either. But everyone else, I was perfect. So I was like... Mm, I don't know if I want to take this order because if I want to do something this big, I want it to be perfection. I want to make sure that my flavors are down because I want them to keep coming back. And so he was like, just do it. He's like, just just risk it and do it. He's like, they want beautiful cookies. They seniors. They think they're gorgeous. So at this point, my design, my flooding, my consistency for everything was great except for my cookie base. I wasn't happy with my sugar cookie yet. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. And I remember I stressed so much about this order because they were like, we need it in July. So I had a couple months to like prepare myself for it. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, this could make or break me. I was like, but this could also look really good like on my portfolio of Mm -hmm. like who I've done. And so months pass, and I finally find this recipe that I like. And she had it a little bit too sugary. I found it on Google. And so I kind of took away some of the sugar, added some brown sugar into it, then browned the butter a little bit, kind of tweaked it to, like, how I liked it. And it was a perfect sugar cookie. Like, everyone that I had taste tests, they were like, this is, yeah, this is, this is the one. This is the one you have to use for your company. This has to be your signature. So I used it. Made MGM's cookies. They're 10 dozen cookies. Packaged them. The person came to pick them up. She raved about how great they were. But all I was concerned about was how does it taste to them? I want to know how it tastes. And they were like, they didn't message me for a couple days. So I reached out and emailed them. And I was like, hey, like, did you enjoy the cookies? Could you give me some feedback on it? No reply for like two weeks. And so I was like, yeah, they hated my cookies. Never doing cookies again. Like I quit. Like this, no, this is not for me. Like if they don't like it, I'm not doing it anymore. So Alex is like, just give us some time. It's a big company. They go through a lot of emails. So I'm like, all right, well, weeks pass. So it's probably about like two months later, they finally emailed me back and they're like, Hey, like we really enjoyed your cookies. We want to sign, I we want you to sign a contract with us to do poker night. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what, like, what do these people say? And I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm like, what? I don't understand this email. I was like, so they want to work with me. I'm like, this is really exciting. I was like, I've gotten better. I finally have that sugar cookie base that I want. It's almost like my one year anniversary for Pepina. And so I was like really ecstatic. And I was like, all right, I'm down. I was like, send me the contract. I'll do it. And they sent me the contract, signed off with them to do poker night events with them, do like the guest uh, favors and stuff. So they were my big company. And once I had posted their information on my Instagram, like the photo of the cookies, my company just boomed. Like I was getting orders left and right. Like people were just ordering like logos, baby showers, weddings, like I don't know. And it's just like turned into this great big thing. And I feel like every day I'm getting better and better at what I do. And since quarantine, I've, I mean, I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary for Pepina in July. And I feel like I've really grown. Like, I'm making gourmet cookies now. I'm making brownies. I'm making cereal bars. And I'm, I have special things in the making. 
that I can't talk about. Yeah. But I'm very, very excited about what it's going to hold at the end of this year. I mean, it started off really rocky, but it's it's really grown. And I take it in a lot. Like, when people talk about my cookies, there will be people who don't like them. For sure. There will be people who love them. There will be people who are like, well, I've seen better. I've eaten better. And I kind of take it with the... I don't know. It's not a grain of salt. I would say I I really take it in and I stress about it because I'm like, this is like my baby. This is my company. Like I've literally molded this thing into how I want it to be. And for someone not to be happy with their stuff, it bothers me a lot. Yeah. And so I try to do something to like help them out and like make it better. And I'm like, I offer discounts or I like do free cookies for them or I'm like, hey, like what, what can I do for you? And most of the time, people will be like, well, I want my money back. And I'm like, well, I kind of already used your money to, like, make your cookies. You can't have your money back. I, yeah. can give you, I can give you a discount on your next cookies or I can make you free cookies. Um, but there will be times where people won't like them. And I'm just like, you know. That's well, how that's, that's yeah, how the that's cookie crumbles. that's how it's going to go. Yeah. What are you going to do? You don't like your wedding cake? You're, you're going to throw up the cake and give it back to them? What are you yeah. going to do, you know? I think... Um, what I what I find interesting from everything that you're saying is like I think a lot of that part of the the fear of rejection and uh, I mean you can tell me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. I think stems a lot from even just your earlier childhood days of like like you said you you mentioned earlier that you had like a resentment for your parents mm-hmm. and I think that I think that the pressure of having to be accepted started very early on so I feel I mean from what I'm hearing is like that you take the negativity that people bring into your life and fortunately enough use it for something positive in making your cookies and actually taking it versus like if you were coddled and almost had a sense of entitlement wouldn't take the negative feedback you'd just be like my shit doesn't stink so this is why I'm just going to keep doing it the way that I do it, and I think that, I think that that is a, a huge form of growth because um, I don't know the, how your other four siblings turned out, but I think that from your perspective, because I can resonate with the black sheep mentality, um, uh, because I was the the same exact person when it comes to like, hey, I need the people, please. Mm-hmm. But you can be one or two people. You can either take the negative feedback or people that's saying things about your company or saying things about you. And you can curl up in a ball and become depressed and, like, let it just, you know, affect you that way. Or you can, you know, in turn take that and reignite that fire, so to speak, to, to kind of push forward. Um, and I think that you carry that with you. I don't know the relationship you still have with your parents. I know we briefly touched on it, that it's like, you know, it's there. Like, it is what it is. But um, it's not what you envisioned it to be. And I know that um, some people struggle with that, right? Like, you know, like... Um, because, you know, your parents are still your parents at the end of the day. But I think that there's, like, an underlying um, driven, like, self-driven thing that you have to prove something to whomever it may be. I mean, it may just be, like, yourself. But I think that um, that's pretty cool, you know, like, if you don't see it in that in that. I in feel that like um, as much as I resent my mom, Yeah. Uh, my dad and I have, we have a pretty good, okay relationship. He calls me once in a blue moon, asks me how the weather is, how I'm doing, how Alex is doing. So we, we're pretty normal, but with my mom, it's different. Like she expects a lot out of me. She's like, 
when she asks me what my job is, I'm like, I'm doing cookies. And she's like, that's not a job. You need to go get a job. Yeah. But she doesn't see like how much I'm making, like that it makes me happy and that I'm like making myself better at it. And like, I'm able to be home and like help support my family and put a roof over our head. Right. Yeah. But with that being said, she, my business aspect of my life and like what I've learned, I would have to say it's all from her. Like, she was the one who taught me the numbers, how to do the numbers, how to, like, talk to people, how to keep going. Um, and I don't know. She's, she is a role model in my life as much I, as I hate to say it. But yeah. she is. Like, she's, she taught me everything that I needed to know. Um, same with Alex. Like, he, I didn't know anything about, like, numbers. Yeah. I didn't know how to, like, price things and, like, tell people my worth. Like, I, at this point, I'm like... I don't know. I'm worth whatever you think I am. And he was like, no, like you're worth this much. Like you need to make sure that people know what you're worth. He's like, if you do that, people are just going to shit on you. And I'm like, you really think so? I'm like, I think people are like good people. They're good enough to like pay me what they think. And he's like, no. He's like, people want like, like $60 cookies for $4. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, you're right. I'm not even going to say anything. And then also I feel like um, my sisters have a really big impact on my life because they're, they they order for me constantly and they're like, oh, your cookie could be better by like this way or tweak it a little bit this way. But how they say it, you know, it's a, it's not really negative. I don't take it in as a negative thing. I take it in as, okay, well, if my butter isn't melted correctly, you know what, I'm going to figure out how to make it better. If the flavoring isn't there, I got to figure out what type of flavor I can put in it to enhance it. Um, so they've been a really, really big impact. And, and like you and Brianna, you guys are the pickiest fucking eaters <laughs> on earth. And and if I feel like if I can please you guys with it, then you know what? I, can, I feel like it could please a lot of people because yeah. you guys have a very nice palate. Um, same with Alex. His palate, he's so picky. He, at this point in my company, he's the one that makes my dough. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. He is actually the one who makes my sugar cookie dough. He's my dough For man. some reason, yeah, he's a Pillsbury dough boy. For some reason, when he makes my sugar cookie dough, it turns out perfect. The flavoring, the texture, everything about it's perfect. But when I touch that, it's like, meh. <laughs> it's burnt a little bit. It's underbaked a little bit. Like, I can't figure out what it is that, I don't know, he just has a magic touch or something. Yeah. So it's wild to me, and, and at the beginning, he was like, no, I'm not going to be a part of this, and look, here he is, making my dough. How, how, how important do you, um, that do you think, or how important to you is having a, a supportive partner? Because, like, what if, what if like, the, the thing, let's, okay, so he obviously gave you, without saying, like, an ultimatum, you yeah. know, like, don't be a bum, or, you know, do something, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But um, on on the same on the same coin, it's like it's what you needed in order to yeah. kind of be pushed in that direction because you seem to be comfortable with having your back against the wall and working, versus like allowing the freedom to just kind of you know fall into a mess of chaos. So if you had been the complete opposite, do you think that? I don't think I would be doing cookies. Yeah. I honestly, if it wasn't for him pushing me, I don't think I would be doing cookies. Because when my parents in the past, when they would say all these negative things, I was like, well, if, if you don't think I can do it, 
whatever, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. So I think with him, um, I think he he is literally my backbone. He was the one who was like, you can do it. He's like, don't give up. I remember there were nights where I would sit there and cry and I'd be like, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to disappoint him just like I disappointed my parents. And I feel still like to this day, I feel like I disappoint them. And so I see like other people. There's this girl in Parkland who makes cookies. Her husband doesn't support her like he supports her in a way but he doesn't help her and she has children so when I think about it I'm like I'm very grateful that you know we don't have children yet Mm -hmm. he helps me feed the dog he makes me dinner he brings me lunch like he makes my dough that's the worst thing about it is making the dough he cleans the kitchen after I'm done like he will stay up and just clean and be like all right, well you have clean slate for tomorrow like here you go so I almost feel like I'm lucky enough to have him because most people wouldn't do that for their significant other. They could show them support in some way, but like, he's like, he's like all around, like just a very genuine person. Like he wants to see me succeed and grow. And like to this day, like we were talking last night, he was like, what do you want to do? He was like, he's like, what do you want to do with Pepina? He's like, where do you see yourself? Do you want to open a storefront? He was like, do you want to just have a warehouse? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to make cookie cutters. I was like, I want to get to that point where I can open a storefront and then just branch off and do cookie cutters. Um, and he's like, all right, well, let's figure it out. He's like, he's like, you got to figure it out. He's like, we'll figure it out together. He's like, but you have to do it. And like, at this point, I'm like, I had that mentality where I'm like, when I want to quit, I'm like, I can't quit. Yeah. I can't quit. Like, I just love it. I love doing the cookies. I love doing the research. And I think he's seen that in me. Because at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I don't like this. I'll research a little bit, give up, do my thing, let him research it. But now it's like I stay up late and I'm like, okay, well, how can I make this cookie better? How can I make the ratio better? Like, people who don't like icing, how can I make it better for them when they want to eat it? Because I don't want... I don't want people to bring cookies to the party and be like, well, it's too much icing. I don't like the icing. The icing's hard. Yeah. I want to figure out how to make the icing like a softer bite for them so they don't break their teeth. And like, I don't know. It's just different. Like my mentality now is just completely different. Like I feel like, I don't know. I, it's my baby. Like I cradle it and I take it and I'm just like, all right. This is what we're going to do this week, Peppina. We're going to grow. We're going to try to get this amount of orders. And I think during quarantine when I branched out and did like regular gourmet cookies, I was like, I don't know how to make a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. And everyone knows how to make a chocolate chip cookie. And I'm like, I don't know how to make one. And I was like, what, what do, like, what's the base? Like it's flour, eggs, chocolate chips. Like what else do you put in it? You know? And I remember I was telling Alex, I was like, but I want a chocolate chip cookie that is going to be good when you warm it up, like really gooey. I was like, I want the chocolate to like not taste like cardboard. I was like, I want a great chocolate chip cookie. I was like, but I don't know how to do that. He's like, well, you're just going to play around. I think I've sold about, I want to say 65 orders of chocolate chip cookies. And there are about 10 different recipes that I've used. And I finally found the one recipe that I like. Um, I basically took, it's like a Franken cookie. I okay. took all these recipes and just morphed them all together to make like this one perfect chocolate chip cookie. And I feel like the key about that is researching what type of chocolate. You could use any type of flour you wanted. 
Um, but it's the chocolate. The chocolate is the key to everything, I feel like. So if your your quality of your products are high, your cookie's gonna taste awesome. If you use the shitty ass products, your your product's gonna suck, you know? And that's how I was in the beginning. I sucked. Yeah. And no one wanted to tell me that. They were like, yeah, your cookie's really good. Like, no, you're lying to me. Like, I can take the rejection because I took it from my parents. Yeah. So I know what to learn from and, like, what to grow on. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's, it, it is what it is now. Like, I'm, I'm this cookie company. People love me now. But, I, but to me, I don't think I'm perfect yet. Like, I feel like I could do better For sure. on a lot of things. But, like, I don't know. It, I've definitely grown a lot. And I know now. Like, and I feel like it made me grow up quicker because it was my own business. And I had to learn how to take care of it. I didn't have daddy and mommy sitting there saying, oh, well, you got to do this, this, and this. So, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. That's it is all I can is. say, you know? Um, so, a, a lot of people I don't think... I mean, I know very brief because uh, my, my best friend, he's... Um, uh, his wife is Asian. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the family traditional values, I think, are super important to touch on culturally. Um, so, like, what exactly is, I guess, in a nutshell the environment in which or what is the family dynamic amongst like that like what is it exactly so obviously making you work at 9 10 11 years old is is like i mean there's nothing i mean there's nothing necessarily wrong with but it's like it's a i know that it's a um what's the word mandatory Mm -hmm. in that in that culture what is that exactly so my family my parents are vietnamese um, they came over on a boat years and years ago. I don't even know. I don't even know what the year was because honestly, I didn't listen because I was like, whatever. <laughs> and they they came over with nothing. Yeah. My parents had to learn how to do nails in order to survive. And you know what? They did it. They learned. They moved us to Arkansas, and they made a living out of it. And at that point, I think when they had us, they were like, you know what? We worked when we were young. You're gonna work. And it's very strict. So they expect a lot of things from me. My parents expected us to go to school, make good grades, come to work, work, do homework at home, have dinner ready if they didn't make dinner, and then go to school, repeat it, keep repeating it, go to college, become a doctor. So they expect you to become something better than them. And I think it's taken me now to realize, you know what, my parents acted the way they did because they wanted to see me do good and I almost feel like it's just like a little bit of me that I'm just like you know I, I'm still a disappointment to my parents because I didn't go to medical school or like do what they wanted me to do but at the same time I'm like you know what I'm doing something that's making me happy like I'm not I didn't listen to anyone because I almost feel like if I had gone to like nursing school or like pharmacy school I would be miserable like mm. I wouldn't be the person that I am today I wouldn't have met the guy that I met today I would just be like a whole different person. I would be miserable. And at that point, it's like, what do you have to live for, you know? Like, people get into that state of mind where it's like, they're depressed. Yeah. And, you know what, living, growing up in an Asian household, it, it's hard. And it seems terrible. And, you know what, it is terrible mentally. Because it's like, ver- verbally abusive and like mentally abusive towards you. Because they tell you, you suck. Anything you do, my, like my sister is a doctor right now, and my parents are like, 
resenting her. They're like, no, you could be better. And it's like, what, what can she do to be better? Do you want her to be an astronaut or something? But, I mean, you just have to take it with a grain of salt because it's like your parents expect you to do great things. And if you don't, you know what? They're still going to talk shit about you. They're always going to talk shit about you. It's your parents. That's yeah. what they do. I love the shit out of my dog. I still talk shit about him because I'm like, this dog ate my shit, you know? But it's just, I don't know. It's di- it's different, but it's for the best, yeah. I feel like. Um but they do expect you to go to school, get a job, provide for your family, and then provide for them when they get older. I heard about a, a comedian make a comment about uh, why do you like they um the culture is to go to school to go to a do- to be a doctor, just because the 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 notion that it's a prestigious job and like that's it that's considered quote unquote have made it oh, so you can like make the, top. the money. That's like the top of the pyramid. Yeah, and it's like if you're anything less than a doctor, that um, you're essentially a failure. And it's not because it's like, oh, they don't give a shit about helping people. They give a shit about the monies. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's very, like... very... Um, you know, I love my parents, but they're very... They can be very greedy. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that my siblings aren't greedy at all. Um, I'm glad we didn't take that trait from them. My parents are very greedy, but they're greedy for a good reason. They save it and they invest. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? Sometimes you have to choose other things other than money. Like this whole COVID thing, they're like, we want to open. We have to make money. And I'm like, mom, you're like millionaires. Like, what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't be doing this. Like your health, like is so much more important. She's like, I don't care. I don't care. And it's like, you need to think about it. I was like, we need you in our life. When we have kids, we're going to need you. We're going to need help. Like, what are you going to do when you get sick and if you die? I was like, what are you going to do? She's like, well, you have money to take care of you. And, it, and it's, it's still to that point where I'm just like, I don't understand why she always brings up money. Because mm-hmm. it's like, money's never been a problem for our family. And so I'm like, I don't understand. Like, how is money going to replace you? For like, sure. You can't replace someone with money. Like, you could have all this money, you're still not going to be happy. For sure. And I, that's kind of what I tell Alex is I'm like, you know what? No, we don't have money to do this. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, let's just live. Like, what are we going to be buried with our money? Like, no, like, let's invest in something. Let's go buy stuff. Let's go eat at nice places. Like, we're not, stop living like how we're living and just like go have fun. So with my parents, it's like, I don't know. They, I feel like every time I talk to them, they're like, are you making money? <laughs> and it's like, I still don't understand to this day why it's got to be all about money. Got you. So I, I think about it all the time and I'm like, why do they ask me this? Why do they care so much? Like I'm alive, doing well. Why does, why does it always have to be about money? You know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm asking and wondering the same thing. So if any Asians out there want to tell me, they can tell me. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. What is, what is like, I don't know. I think, I think you just always have that. I mean, even just from older generations, it's just that, that mindset that, um, I mean, I, depending on what it is, but I, I don't think that everybody's end goal is, um, financial wealth, you know, not everyone. Yeah. I think that it, for some and then for others, but I think there's a stigma, um, at least here in Western culture, because I don't, I haven't or lived anywhere else or been brought up anywhere else. You know, it's just like if you don't have money or if you haven't become financially successful, that you essentially have failed. You know, 
But I also think that on the flip side of that is like if you're happy and if you're happy chasing financial wealth and have financial wealth, then that's being successful versus like not being happy just chasing financial wealth. But I also think you have to eat shit, you know, to get what it is that you want on either side of the, yeah. you know, on the either side of the spectrum. The you know, like for me, I want financial wealth for things that do make me happy that cost money does that make sense you know being able to build a family costs money being able to travel to the places that i want to go to costs money being able to provide for my 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 parent and like my brother and my family because i want to because giving is ultimately what makes me happy you know what i'm saying so being able to be that person that um provides i think um for me personally is what keeps me going to almost like see the end goal as being happy and having to chase a thing in between. Um, but I think with the older generations, like that mentality is for every single person, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and kind of don't see the kind of don't see what's in your life, you know, bringing you joy. Cause I mean, again, you said, you know, you, you left when you were 18, you didn't see them for almost two years and it's like, they love your, you know, they love your husband and you still have that feeling of like, well, like above I, the windshield. Yeah, it's like I want I I still want to be loved, but like look at this. But um what do you what from that alone, it's like you've overcame like so many struggles and obstacles. What are what are those things that I think that you had to overcome to So I think what I, one big thing was I was telling Alex, I was like, you know, my mom I had for a certain period in my lifetime. I was like, then I didn't have her for years. So I almost felt like I lost that mother figure in my life. Yeah. So I didn't know, like, so I had gone through um, an emergency surgery just last year and I had um, an ectopic pregnancy. So I lost the baby and I lost a tube. So uh-huh. now my Sorry, pregnancy, yeah. it's okay. So now my, my percentage of having a kid is 5%. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she, I don't know. She came to see me and she cooked for me, but she didn't, you know, you know how mothers, when you get sick and stuff, they're like, they baby you and they're like, okay, we'll just lay in bed and I'll do everything. She was kind of like, can you take me places? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, I want to go to the beach. I want to see everything. Can you pick me up from the airport? And I was just like. During the time that you had just gotten your surgery? Yeah, like just after. And I was like, mom, I just had surgery. I'm not allowed to drive. I was like, I'm on medication. I was like. I can't sit in the car for too long or my stitches will open up. I was like, I can't can't take you anywhere. And I remember she had then gotten to an argument with me and was like, well, you know what? You can't have kids. You're never going to have kids. You need to think about what you're going to do with your life because you're not going to have offsprings to, to pass anything on to. And I was kind of just like, all right, well, whatever. Like, if this is how you're going to be, this is how you're going to be. And I think that was the breaking point in our relationship that I was trying to rebuild with her. Um, she basically burned that bridge down because I was like, you know what? That's not what a mother says to her daughter when she goes through this stuff. Like, you're supposed to be there and, like, call on her and, like, tell her everything's going to be okay. No, that was that's completely opposite of what my mom is. And so I'm, I think I'm grateful for my mother-in-law. You know, she we have our differences. And, but I still feel at the same time, like she calls me on my birthday. She buys me birthday presents. She's supported me tremendously through my cooking company. My mom has yet to do anything with it. And 
I don't know. She's just been there. She's just been loving, and she's that motherly figure. Like, she takes me in as her own, yeah. even though I'm just married. And, like, she acts like I'm her own child, which it makes me feel really good because I'm like, you know what? Because well, you're missing that, Yeah, because sure. I'm like, my mom doesn't do this. Like, my mom, like, I can't call my mom and ask her for help because then she's going to be like, oh, well, do you not have any money? And <laughs> then it's money. all about money again. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not dealing with this today. Like, I'll just call Jody or something. And I think another thing is just that, you know, I had, when I very first started, a lot of people talked about, oh, well, your mom and dad probably bought everything for you to start your company. And, and for was, on the record. Yeah. And on the record. <laughs> okay. My mom and dad did not give me any money. You know what? They, they bought me a car in high school. They took the car back. I ended up selling it because I was like, negative vibes, can't have it. And so, I mean, I, my parents don't have any strings attached to me like they can't say oh well because we gave you this or because we gave you that or we gave you this amount of money um so I think that I really overcame because it bothered me at first because I was like you don't think that I'm capable of making something of myself like you think my parents gave me all this stuff um and for the record I made it myself I never asked Alex for a dime for any of the stuff it was all me um but yeah it's just you know what people will talk and you just have to learn how to get over it and yeah. just move forward. Like, you can't just let it bug you. Isn't it funny how, like, people do that? Like, that they almost push their insecurities on to you and feel like you're supposed to feel bad that you're in a position that they're not in? Yeah. Because it's never going to be somebody that's above you that's going to say, oh, you only got it because of blank. It's always going to be people that don't have what it is that you have or created what you created that's always going to give you some fucking bullshit excuse that you're... And even if your parents did give you your money, it's like, you're... Whoever's saying it, you're going to be mad that your parents helped you get something that you wanted to acquire because if you had kids, you would do one of two things. Either set them up for success and give them what they need to get what it is they want to do or you teach them how to get what it is that they need to it's one of the two things either give them the financial means to do it or give them the the tools like the characteristics to get it as well and it's like you would you would take care and if you're going to be the person that's going to say nah i wouldn't give him a fucking dime and it wouldn't teach him anything like you're just a piece of shit and i think that people almost like feel that that sense of like because let me ask you this um i heard someone saying it once it's like you have there's like a phase of people because I mean I, you you wouldn't necessarily you're not considered successful in terms of where you want to be yeah. yet right so in the phases from the beginning it's like the 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 people that said like oh yeah you're gonna do great you're gonna kill it then you started to do it and then they didn't take it that seriously and then they saw that you were actually doing it seriously like oh are you sure you're gonna be able to do it. Are you, you know, and then they doubt you and then they finally see that you then do it and then they're going to be, then they're, the, then they're the same people that are like, oh, I supported you from day one and da da da, da. Like, did, did you ever have to deal with people like so that? So I had people who were like, I supported you from the beginning. I want a discount. Yeah. And they just flat out said that. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you didn't. Like, I didn't see you texting me, checking up on me when I was freaking crying really late at night about this. And... I don't know. People feel so entitled to it. Like, it's like, for say, like, say one of your friends made it in life and now they're like a celebrity. Yeah. Like, oh, your modeling career really took off. 
you're going to take me to a party? Like, no, like you weren't there. You were in the background talking. And it's like with cookies, it's almost like people were cheering me on. Then they got to the point where they were like, yeah, I'm going to support her, buy from her. And then they're like, yeah, she's getting there. And then it's like, they're not going to buy anything for a long period of time. And then they're like, they start blasting you on social media and then they expect you to do things for them. And it's like, that's not how it works. That's not how business runs. Like, you know, we don't give promo to people like that and friends. And I always tell people, because they always ask for discounts. I'm like, bro, my family doesn't even get discounts. My sisters pay full price. Sometimes they pay over the price. I was like, what makes you so special? I was like, we're not even blood. And... They don't understand that. People who don't have a passion for something that they love will not understand. And I always tell people that. I'm like, if someone... When you don't have a business that you're passionate about, you're not going to understand what other small businesses think about. So it's like, for say, my younger sister wants to like do makeup blogs and stuff. And I always tell her, she always comes to me for advice. And I'm like, if you want to do it, do it. I don't care what people say. I was like, but you have to do it. I was like, you let all these negative things and like people trigger you to stop, like not do it. And she started her own YouTube page. She did really great for her first video. And then, I don't know, she kind of drifted off and ghosted it. And I'm like, you can't, that's not how you run a business. I was like, you have to keep going at it. I was like, you can't quit. And she's like, well, all these people are saying this stuff about me and they're like supporting me at first and now they're just talking shit. And I'm like, but you can't let that affect you. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's how the world works. I was like, it could be your family. It could be your own sister that says, hey, you suck. But you have to take it as a grain of salt and move on from it. I was like, you're supposed to better yourself. I was like, don't be so sensitive about it. And I don't know. People just don't understand, like, the effects that they have on other people when they say stuff like that. Um, But you just kind of, you have to ignore it. And that's what I tell people. Ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. Yeah. As, is that is that like um, how would you how would you um, probably got about twenty minutes, yeah. right? Um, but how would you uh, how would you explain to someone that I guess let's just say how would you tell your sister in a realistic way to um, cope with some of the the struggles that you went through because you consistently have obvious you have consistently gone through adversity. So you have built that backbone. You obviously still struggle with some mm-hmm. things um, and, you know, take things because you have emotions. You're not a robot. But how would you go about speaking to people that are very similar to your sister that do easily get affected and triggered and and, and go through um, the same things that she may have done but are going through? Because the negativity gets worse. Yeah. You know, it's not it, it like... It really does because... You know, I, I've been doing cookies for almost two years now. And when I tell my little sister, I'm like, you know, I do all this research. I was like, I stay up late. I bake until 3 o'clock in the morning. Then I stay up until about 5 researching what I did wrong. I was like, and then when someone gives me the feedback that they don't like it after I did all this research, I was like, it really does bug me. I was like, it's not like I just like push it away and like learn from it and grow. It's, I take it in. I probably cry about it a couple nights and I'm like, why don't they like my cookies? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, I don't know what I did wrong. And it's like, it really, it really bugs you because it's like, that's your baby. Yeah. You're making my baby cry. So you're making me cry. So I always tell her, I'm like, you know, people are always going to talk shit about you no matter how good, how bad you are, but you have to learn from it and you have to take it almost like, 
when people tell me that other people talk shit about my cookies, I'm like, yeah, they wish they could bake the cookies. Like, that's the thing. Like, I wish they wish that they could bake the cookies. They're jealous. And it's like, I take that as, you know what, I'm on to the next step. They're not catching up with me. So they want to take the idea and make it their own. I was like, sometimes I was like, I was like, when I look at other cookie companies, I was like, I look at them as a community, but I also look at them as my competition. I was like, you know what? There's always going to be competitions that want to talk shit about you. Like, oh, like her cookies suck, buy from me. Or yeah, her cookies suck, buy from me. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want that reputation of talking shit about someone else's company. So I'm like, yeah, if you want to, you know what? Her cakes are great. You can buy from her. If my cookies are too expensive, you can buy from this person. Like, I'm always going to promote them. So when it comes to her beauty blogs and stuff, it's it's different because you see her face. Yeah. You see them physically in the video. You don't see me baking or anything. You just see the photos of my finished products. So I tell her, I'm like, you know, people are going to say things to harass you. I was like, and it's going to bug you. I was like, and I've never really experienced the the physical look at it stuff so they've never seen me so they can't say <laughs> shit about what I look like to this day no one really knows what I look like yeah. and to her it's like she's she's a cute little Asian girl she's got a big butt um, smaller chest and people say stuff about that and I think with social media it's starting to really affect the younger generation because it's like they don't know how to cope with it they're so sheltered from everything else yeah and they're on their phones all the time that they don't know how to deal with it so when I tell her I'm like leave it alone she automatically just I don't know it fires her up and she's like I'm about to attack them I'm gonna go off on them and it's <laughs> like you can't do that you gotta calm down like you cannot do that like Imagine when you start a business when you're older and those people who want to hire you look at your information and your comments to other people, they're yeah. not going to want to hire you because how you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to learn to ignore it. And I think she's still trying to work with it. She doesn't listen very well. Um, but I, I don't know. She's just, people can be so hard headed. She's like my father. My father is so hard headed. He doesn't want to listen to anyone. But I don't know. I'm hoping that one day she just just lets it go. Like, she's just very uptight, very entitled little girl living at my parents' house still. And it's just hard for her. Yeah, I think that... Uh, I think that... <laughs> it's funny you say that because when I say someone's entitled, um, people take it offensively. And it's like, I feel that entitlement almost makes you weaker as a person because it doesn't you it's because you're not living in the real world you know I think that she your sister and people like your sister that are in that in that or brought up with entitlement or have a sense of entitlement because it's not just a millennial thing there's still adults that I know that aren't millennials that have a sense of entitlement just a sense of entitlement that they they don't live here in real life and real life is it's it's tough people are tough people are complicated people will talk shit people like there's negativity you know there are going to be things that's going to come to you. you're going to hit a brick wall and it's like it's not all flowers roses and dandies you know what i'm saying out in the real world and without the help of like you know there are real life issues out there where like let's just say Alex um, you know lost his job and like it was up to you to make your company um, 
enough money to pay your rent and pay your bills or you're going to be homeless because you don't have the opportunity to ask your parents for money you do things a little differently yeah. you know you move a little differently you, you know what I mean and like that is just like a core a, a mindset that isn't just you don't just it just it doesn't just happen by sitting behind a computer and cutting out everything and everyone and making the world that you see on your phone you know structured to be specifically to please you you know because you can do that now you can block who you want to block you can unfollow who you want to unfollow and just see the things that you want to see and then the minute you want to start to do stuff like you know run a cookie company and you go and you put out cookies and then you have other bakers that are like you know fuck your cookies your cookies are this and da 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 because I see you also do support other people you know you post other things and, and I think that that is a huge sign of um, not only humility, but like you're, you know, you're not, you don't have this so much because you know that you're not the best, yeah. And you know that you're continuously gonna have to grow and like connect with other people in order for them to want to connect with you because you never know. Thirty years down, thirty years down the road, when you, you and you know, Pepina Sugar Co. becomes, you know, this huge sugar factory, you know, like Willy Wonka, and <laughs> you know, people want to go in and, and see things. It's like. The, min- the day that you have to do a business deal and that business deal is like, you know, let's just say a $30 million deal and it happens to be that person that like you you wanted to cut, you know, ties with because you thought you were better than, you know, like, I'm never going to help support you. I'm not going to teach you how to make a cookie. And they're going to be that same Lena, you know, in, 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 the, in the kitchen whipping work, you know what I'm saying? Like trying to um, outdo you. And I think that, that that's also super... Um, I, find, I commend you for that, you know, because like a lot of people, a lot of small businesses don't support other small business, not even just small business, just support other people in the same field because they feel inferior. You know, I'm sure you dealt with like, I wouldn't call it identity issues, but like, you know that you're not a baker or a pastry chef and like you're going against other pastry chefs in competition, but like you know that and you're willing to learn. And yeah. I think that that's I've uh, had a lot honorable. of people who compared my gourmet cookies to batch batch cookie company in Fort Lauderdale and I'm like you can't compare the two because the guy who's baking it is an actual pastry chef I didn't go to pastry school I am a home-based bakery I learned myself that's it I don't know the chemical scientific stuff that he knows I know what I know from researching on Google and at the same time it's like I I don't want to talk shit about someone else's company because at the end of the day if I need something, I want to be able to reach out to someone and be like, hey, can you help me? Yeah. And I'm not scared to be like, oh, you want to learn how to make cookies? I'll help you learn. This is the base. And I usually give them the first recipe that I had ever picked out. And I'm like, start off with this, grow from it. Do add whatever, do whatever to it to make it yours. Yeah. And you're good. And it's like some people, like, there's a lady in Boca that just started her own cookie like sugar cookies and she's like asking me for help like mentoring her and at the same time she's like do you feel weird helping me out and I'm like no I don't really care like we can all grow from this like you're home like you have kids save the money you know like you don't need to go out and buy someone else's cookies when you can learn how to make it yourself and at the same time it's like okay support small businesses but if you want to do it you know do it but give back to the community yeah like I make cookies I'm still going to go buy from Publix or I like buy from Batch Cookie Company or buy from another cookie or like I have a friend in Boynton that makes cookies and I'm like, want to make me some cookies? I have cake people. I'm like, you want to make me a cake for my parties? Like, 
I'm not going to take their business away because I'm terrified of them. I want them to grow with me. And it's like, people people just don't see it like that. People just take it as a threat and they're like, oh, she wants to get in on my secrets. Like, no, I don't really care about your secrets. Like, <laughs> what works for me works for me. What works for you works for you. Like, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm just adding stuff onto my menu. And I always tell them when I when I meet people, I'm like, yeah, my, I was like, maybe I'll make cakes. Maybe I won't make cakes. Maybe, maybe I'll make pies. Just so they know in the beginning, like, I'm an open book. Like, I don't want people to be blindsided and be like, oh, so she's going to make cakes now? Like, I make cakes. Like, no. Like, I told you in the beginning, I maybe I'll try. Like, but I'm, I don't know. Like, I'll just see where it takes me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like just cookies alone is taking me places. So maybe cakes aren't in the books for me. I don't know. You know? Do you have a hard time with um, <clears throat> choosing what you're going to do? And, like, what I mean by that is how do you deal with the with the fear and I guess maybe the uh, the apprehension when it comes to trying something completely new and selling it like do you just do it and you you say if it's a wash it's a wash like and keep it moving like how do you because I know that there are a lot of people out there that like struggle with this branding where they're like oh I can't put out this picture because it doesn't match with this picture or I can't put out this product because you know they like I remember my brother one time saying he was like oh I can't post on my social media it's a hip hop page of me meeting up with my buddy that I haven't seen my best friend that I haven't seen in six years and I was like that's how you kind of connect with your audience you know giving that different content so to speak so um, when you're let's say you wanted to bake a cake right how does that thought process kind of go through of just like, I know I've been doing cookies. Like, you know, you still obviously are worried about other people's opinions and not worried, but take into account other people's opinions. Um, how do you do with, deal with that? How do you deal with doing those new things that you, you have? You just got to take it and go because it's like this lady that makes cakes, she now makes cookies. And I'm like, okay, cool. She's branching off. People don't take it like that. They take it as, oh, she's going to start this and she's going to take over everyone's customers. But it's like, I when I post stuff to my social media, I don't think about it. I'm like, let me edit this, post it on there. If I get a hit, if I get inquiries, you know what, I'll try it. I'll try it. I won't charge them at first. And just, like, see how, how it goes. Like, same with, like, the regular cookies that I make now. Like, people are like, you should make gourmet regular cookies. Try it out and see if it works. And I'm like, all right, well, what do you guys want? Chocolate chip cookies, M&M's. You know what? I wasn't charging people at first. I was like, you know what? Take them, eat them, just take them away from me and tell me how you like them. Is that like a service that you would say is like a signature for your company that like if you're going to try something new, you personally for your company um, and someone wants you to do it, that you'll do it for free? Like not like, you know, or like a small a tester or a sampler to see if they even enjoy it and then you go off yeah, in there for sure so a lot of people like wedding like brides and stuff mm -hmm. they're very picky I've dealt with a lot I'm terrified of brides they're like the scariest they're worse than pregnant people <laughs> um I had a bride who was like I've never had your cookies before I want to try all your flavors or I'm not going to order she was a thousand dollar order okay and I was like alright well um do you want, like, what, what, what do I do, you know? Like, do I just bake all these cookies, give them to her? Or, like, how do I do it? So I came up with this whole thing, and I basically make them a bride box. 
And if they order over, I think about $250 worth of cookies, I'll make them a sample box and I'll make their designs on the cookies or if it's a regular cookie, I'll make a couple of them and add them in the box and be like, this is what you order, this is gonna, this is what you're gonna get. Taste them, if you don't like them, we'll change the recipe or we'll add a different flavor in and do it to how you like it. And I, you just, it's just my personal perspective is I like to be able to have people pleased with what they're gonna get. Like yeah. if they're gonna spend that much, you <coughs> bet that I'm gonna give them some free cookies to try. For sure. And like, same as cake testing. People give out, they do the taste test and they're like, this is what you like for your wedding? Is this not what you like for your wedding? So it's like, I almost want them to be satisfied all the time. Like, even when I'm decorating the cookies, I'm like, this is what your cookie looks like. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want me to do anything different? But yeah, I will always, like, if someone asks me, I want to sample your cookie, I'm like, okay, you like it? All right, let's do this, you know? And it's just part it's just me not a lot of people do it a lot of like my husband's like stop doing that like you're wasting cookie dough but I'm yeah. like I want them to be able to taste it I want them to be able to trust me that I'm gonna do a good product for them and it's like if you don't have their trust like they're just gonna bug the shit out of you and be like what do my cookies look like what are they gonna taste like what flavor is it they're gonna ask all these questions for and sure just like instead you would just rather just cut that out and just be like here this yeah. is what it is like, and it's this like, is your product this is what you're gonna get and ever since I started doing that, no one asks any questions. I have, like, people here and there who are like, what's the ingredients in your cookies? And I'm like, this is what it is, but I'm not going to give you the recipe. Like, I can't do that. Like, it's my own recipe. <clears throat> but, I mean, you you learn from it. And you, you learn what's good for your company. And I feel like that's good for my company. Like, it gives me a good look as well. But with, like, posting on social media, I'm not scared to post, like, different things. Like, a lot of people will be like, well, I don't know what you look like. And I'm like, why do you want to know what I look like? Like, why does it matter what I look like? And they're like, well, we don't know what the face behind the cookies looks like. And I'm like, well, you don't need to know what I look like. And they're like, well, we all see your dog and your lifestyle. And I'm like, yeah, that's all you need to know. I'm like, you don't need to really know anything about me. Like, when I talk to people, I'm very perky. And I'm like, I ask them a lot of questions. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you expect from me? And I take that in and I'm like, all right, well... I'm going to do it this way. Or if they want it personalized, like, to a T, I'm like, okay, well, send me photos. I'll add, like, photos in on the cookies. Um, you, you just have to learn what's I saw that. Way. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. doing the photo thing. And the, the craziest <coughs> thing, though, is that people will ask me to do edible images on their cookies, and I'm like, okay, they're going to eat it, so it's got to be edible. No, people keep it for, like, years on years. I have a client when I very first started. She has this cookie in her keep safe box for two years now. Wow. And every month she sends me a photo and she's like, it looks great still. It looks great still. I think I'm going to eat it. And I'm like, don't eat it because I don't want to get sued if you get sick. And it's, like, it, it's wild to me what people do with cookies. Yeah. As well as cakes. Like, people keep their wedding cakes for a year and then eat it on their anniversary. But I'm just like, don't, no. Like, the freezer's good, but when it gets frostbite, like, mm, don't yeah. touch it. People, people don't listen. They just... Well, that that might that it. might even be, like, a little avenue that you can go down, making, like, non-edible cookies. Yeah, I was like, you know, why don't you... Like, I was like, like I wouldn't put it on, a, like, a piece of wood. Yeah. Paste the photo on there for you. <laughs> like I can make you an ornament. 
Yeah, so it's like if people want it, it's like so that way, like you want something you want to keep, like you can eat this. I'll make all the ones you can eat, and then here's one that you just can't eat. It's not. It's made with things that aren't edible. Yeah. Um, but the you know that's neither you know there you know there's just endless possibilities. I think with especially when it comes, I always find things. It's a it's to me anything with art. I consider it what you're doing is art. I find that avenue to just be. I don't know, a million and one things that can carry out, you know, whether it's cookies, cakes, you know, treats, candies, or whatever the case is, you know, like, you're just in a realm right now where, like, the possibilities are endless, and I think that by you having the mindset that you have, you know, like, it'll work out in some way, shape, or form, you know, even if you had to go back to just one single cookie and sell that, only that batch of cookie, if you had to, you know what I mean? It's just, uh... It's cool. It's cool. And um, I mean, I feel like I feel like you're learning. Like when I did the gingerbread house, that really massive, gigantic gingerbread house. I remember house. that. That's pretty cool. I remember I was stressing. So I got sick because I stressed so much about it. And I feel like people don't understand how much work goes into making cookies for people. Um, like I just did cookies the other day. She wasn't happy with her order. She said I had done the wrong color, and I just took it. And I was like, okay what color like what color do you want me to change it to and she was like you're just a shade off and I remember I was so upset because I was like a shade off I'm a shade off and I was like no I'm not gonna argue she's one of my top clients I'm just gonna redo them it was eight dozen cookies and I trashed them and she was picking up at eight o'clock I think when I trashed them it was about 2 a.m finished eight dozen cookies before she picked them up and I was like, all right, well, <laughs> this is like my new normal. If I don't like cookies, sometimes I just trash them and restart like the night before. And same with the gingerbread house. Like I didn't know, I don't know the construction of building a house. I don't, I've never learned it. I don't know how to make gingerbread houses. So I had to like go out and like seek help for it. Like I went to an actual architect and I was like, how do I make a gingerbread house that is a foot and a half tall and I need it to stand with a very good base structure. I was like, how, like, what do I do? And I remember he told me, he was like, you need something sticky. And I was like, well, I don't know what's sticky. And he was like, well, he's like, you're gonna need like gummy bears or like tamales or like something. He's like something with a very sticky base. And I was like, why am I asking you? <laughs> like you're an architect for actual houses. Like I should be asking like a baker. And I remember going and asking other bakers like, what do I use? And they're like, use royal icing, but just make it stiff. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because when you make stiff icing, it it glues stuff together. Yeah. It doesn't hold it. It holds it to a certain extent, but if you just touch it lightly, slowly start yeah, to fall. it's just like, pop, it's done. So I was like, all right. I'm just going to experiment what this architect told me to do. I'm going to go get some gummy bears. So I got the gummy bears, heated it up, and I just, like, started, like, pasting it all over the walls. Of your house? No, on, <laughs> on the gingerbread. On the gingerbread house. Okay. On this gingerbread cookie. And I'm like, I hope this works. And little did I know, gummy bears are, like, the glue to gingerbread houses. So if anyone ever tells you to use icing... They're lying to you. You need to use gingerbread. Or uh, you need to bears. use gummy bears because it's so tacky. Once you put that on there and it dries, it's like um, it's like a putty, but it's like a sticky, sticky putty. Yeah. And it doesn't move. So if if I'm off by like a millimeter, I'm screwed because I can't move it. Yeah. It's stuck. It's like cement. 
So, I mean, I learned from this architect who is not a baker, who told me to use gummy bears, and that's what I use for my base structure now because it helps. And, like, when people ask me, how did you get it to stand up? I'm like, gummy bears. And they're like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, once you try it, I was like, you'll understand. I was like, it's super messy. I was like, but you have to learn how to just, like, put it on there, like, smoothly, cleanly. I was like, because if you have it, like, flying everywhere, like spider webs, I was like, you're screwed because you can't clean it off. Yeah. And I remember I had iced the outside of the gingerbread house with white icing. And I was like, crap, I got it on the house. I was like, I have red gummy bears hanging off the white part of this house. I was like, what am I even doing? It was like my first gingerbread house. I was doing it for a client's um, local, or, uh, housewarming party. And I was like, it's edible. I was like, but I don't know how edible gummy bears are after a couple of days out of the package. I was like, I just wouldn't eat it. But I remember they told me they had ate it and they were like, we just ate a foot and a half tall gingerbread house that was all edible. They are like, we didn't get sick. It was great. It was soft. It was chewy. Like, it was great. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I worked for weeks on this house. Like, I stressed. Like, I had to make the templates. Like, I didn't think I would build anything that tall. And it turned out to be great. And I remember just like doing all that research and I was terrified because I was like, I took it on as like something fun to do. And I didn't think that I could make money off of it. Yeah. And I only charged them $25 for it. And it oh. was a foot and a half tall. And I stressed and I stressed and I stressed and I got <laughs> sick. Off. I got so sick off So of sick it. for $25. Yeah, for $25. <laughs> and, and Alex was like, you need to charge more. He's like, you don't, you still don't know what your worth is. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't think the gingerbread house was this going to be this hard. I thought it was just going to be, I could buy cookie cutters and just like cut it, cut it, cut it, hang it up and it would be good. But they want it to be exactly like their house. They want it replicated. Yeah. And so it, it was down to every corner, every inch, every shingle on the roof was exactly what their house looked like. And I think like, I don't know, after I see it and I, I had a lot of flaws on it, but after seeing it, I'm just like, you know what, this year their gingerbread house is going to be sick because now I learned from what I did wrong. I was like, I'm going to make it better. I was like, and So you're going to do it again? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. I keep telling them, I'm like, if you'll let me do a gingerbread house, if you if you let me replicate your gingerbread house every year, I was like, I'll do it for free because I want to grow from it. I want to perfect the gingerbread house so that it's one of my specialties during the holiday. Yeah. So I don't want to just do regular cookies every once That'd be pretty cool. You yeah. build out. And you could you also served it in, a, in like a glass box, right? Yeah. yeah it's pretty and cool. so I'm like, I want to be known for my holiday specialty, which would be a gingerbread house. But I want to be able to replicate other people's houses. And then I've also gone down like the road of, you know, I could get into like real estate and talk to people and be like, hey, like when you have like your broker's party or whatever i can make a gingerbread house of that house yeah and you can put it on display and you know what we could do something like that and i don't know i just keep thinking of ways that i could like make money and like do better like add things to it but i think gingerbread houses would definitely be one of my things more than cakes I think they looked up i mean when you did it, it was pretty cool when i saw it i mean i built one once out of like a target box and it was fun but I'm sure it's nothing like actually having to start from scratch, right? you know what I mean, and do I it together. I had people who were like, did you use the Target stuff? I'm like, did I? I was so offended because I, did I use the Target stuff? No, I didn't use the Target <laughs> stuff. I, I had to go buy everything. I bought Ice Small, which I had no idea what it was mm-hmm. until I made it. 
and it's basically um, sugar crystals and you melt it down it you can make it into like stained glass basically and it's edible it's what lollipops are made out of and I was like I don't know how to use this stuff and I ended up meeting Mia's cake house the owners and they had walked me through and they're like you know what this is what you got to do be careful it's really hot it's gonna burn you it's over 300 degrees hot and I remember I didn't listen I had this thing where I don't listen the first time and I burnt myself and I was like well shit like <laughs> I just wasted $23 of sugar and I just burnt myself I was like I'm screwed but you know you love and you learn things don't come easily you just, you just have to go with the flow it doesn't work the first time you just gotta keep going and that's what you just have to tell people and I feel like people know that that's my mindset now. When I tell them I'm starting a company, like the cookie cutter company, they're like, well, it's taking forever to open. And I'm like, you obviously don't have a business. <laughs> like, you don't know how hard it is to open a business. It, it takes time. With one 3D printer, it's very hard because it's like it broke down the other day and it's like I had to rebuild it. I don't have anyone else to help me besides Alex. And thankfully, he loves that stuff and he fixed it for me. So... Hopefully, I'll be up and running by the end of the year. Not within the few weeks, but the year. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, you're not on anybody else's timeline anyway, so I think people forget that, too. It's just, like, people forget that you're a person, you know? Like, you are a business, but there's a person behind the business, and it's, like, I, I'm on the I'm on the other side of, like, I think the customer's right. I don't necessarily think the customer's always right. I think that at the end of the day, like, it's you are providing a service, and you personally, like, you are providing a service, and I think that um, what happens is people that become invested in so much of what you're doing versus what they're doing, they almost start to want you to listen to them and only them you know what I mean like yeah you told me you were gonna open a year ago it's like yeah I did but what is it to you you know if I didn't open it this year you know what I mean like I'm I'm doing everything that I possibly can to try to push forward to um especially I don't know it's it's I mean it's a long rabbit hole I can go down forever but what I wanted to um close out with is essentially like what are the not necessarily like the top three but like the the most the, the most important things that you had to learn that you know now in your business that you had to or didn't know I guess growing up that you learned. Um, you have number one is you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't patient at first. I was very like it didn't work. I thought it was gonna be easy. I thought it was going to be very easy. I didn't think that I would have to do all this research and learn from it and, like, do trial and error. So that would be number one. Number two would be take your time. A lot of people will rush you and be like, oh, it's great. It's, it's going to be good. And, like, but you need to hurry. Like, no. Like, you get, you get to do what you want to do because it's your life. Yeah. And when I tell people... Oh, I'm going to open this new business, they expect it to be open in a week. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. Like, I have to nurture it and, like, make sure that I have all the right stuff, all the high-quality stuff that I want. Like, I have to figure out if this quality is better than this quality. And it's, like, it's part of growing it. And you just have to think about it. And it's, like, people don't understand that. They expect you to be at their beckoning call every second. Like, when I get um, inquiries, people are, like, well, you didn't email me back, and it's been an hour. And it's, (laughs) like, seriously? Like, 
I could be napping. I could be on the toilet. I could be showering. Like I could be doing something else other than sitting here on my phone. And I think number three would be you don't you don't really need the support of your family. As long as you have a spouse who supports you, it could even be your dog. Like my dog is my best friend. Yeah. My husband's my best friend. My dog is ultimately my best friend because he's there with me every second of the day. He sits there while I make icing and I'm like, does this look good, Theodore? I'm like, I think it looks good. I was like, <laughs> let's just go with it. So you don't need the approval from other people besides the people that are in your circle. That you, as long yeah. as yeah, as long as you have friends that support you, it doesn't have to be your family. It could be friends, it could be your neighbor next door, it could be your dog, it could be your freaking goldfish, your guinea pig. It could be anything. It could be the TV. Like the T Duff Goldman is my idol. He pushes me all the time when I watch his shows. But you just that's the top three things I think would be you don't have to have support from your family. You can have it from anyone. You have to be patient. And I forgot what my second It was, was. Uh, that to take your time. Like yeah, yeah, to take base your time. Your time. That you're yeah. on your your timeline, not yeah. anyone else's timeline. I think uh I think those I think those three things and those three pointers, um are super valuable, you know, being patient. Obviously I took a long time for me to learn that and I also uh struggle with being on other people's timelines, you know. And I think it's cool. I think it's I think it's pretty neat. So I'm 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 um extremely hopeful I have your cookies actually right here. Um, I'm surprised you haven't eaten them all yet. Well, nobody else is eating them besides really? me. So yeah, Brianna's been kind of on her I don't okay. know, on her own thing. So I eat them at nighttime. And I eat a lot of them at the same time. Uh, but oh yeah, because I was gonna, I was supposed to message you and tell you. Brianna told me to tell you what I thought about the cookies, but I'll tell you as soon as after we're done with this. But um, I really think it's great watching um, your growth and your company grow. I love the pictures. I'm super big on like you know aesthetics, and I like the way things look, and uh, also the way that things taste. And you know I'm honored to have got the opportunity not only to meet you, but to also have you on um, my passion and my hobby and things that and. The Monday Hustle, you know, so I'm truly hoping that uh, whoever is listening or whoever does listen um, gets something out of it, you know what I mean? Especially people that want to learn about who Lena is, you know, I'd say there's no face behind it, at least now you have a voice, and um, where, and yeah, where can anybody and everybody find your company, your social media, maybe your your home address and your you okay, know, social security number? Okay, we're not going to give my address out. I don't want anyone stalking me. I've already had that happen before. Um, you can find me on www.cookienosugarcompany.com, but it would be CO instead of company, the full word. And then you can also find me on any social media besides Twitter, and it would be Pepina Sugar Company, LLC. 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 I'm awesome. official. I'm official. Awesome. Well, thank you. Got that tax fund. <laughs> thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and ladies um, also for tuning in to today and this week's episode of the Monday Hustle. That's Lena. Lena. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Um, have a beautiful week and a beautiful Monday. Trying to level balance out, I meditate all the time. Learn my lesson, turn my blessings into one of a kind. I'm gonna stand up face to face, ain't anything in my way. Mama told me never let my feelings get in the way. I'm waking up like how.